to address one thing in each of you, right? That could look like, hey, you know, I'm going to go work out for my physical health at some point. For my mental health, I'm going to read something new. I'm going to work on a fun project. I'm going to analyze some very nerdy engineering data. For my spiritual health, I'm definitely going to, you know, take some time, meditate, journal. And then lastly, for my financial health, always reading up on like, hey, you know, what does the industry look like right now? What are new technologies looking like? Or maybe just scrolling through and looking at what my stock option investments look like, right? But at this point, I'm very clear that these are the four main facets of my life, right? If one of these are not healthy or if I'm unsatisfied with one of these, no other part of my life is really going to be striving at a 100%. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee with Warriors podcast. If you are someone who feels as you are not motivated enough or you don't have enough grit in life, then this episode is for you. To talk about mental grit, we have with us Ashwin Jaya Krishnan. He comes from an extremely diverse background where his mother was a former Olympian in hockey and his father was a national basketball player. He was very fortunate to have lived and traversed the majority of the Indian subcontinent before moving to North America to study engineering. He has acquainted himself with failures and successes in his personal and professional life from a fairly young age. And today I feel so grateful and honored to have this extraordinary and remarkable person. Hi, Ashwin, it is such an honor to have you here and thank you for taking our time to bless us with your presence. I'm more blessed to be a part of this. So thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing and I really appreciate the humbling words of yours. So thank you. (laughs) Not at all. Okay, so Ashwin, could you start by telling us a little about your journey? So I know that you have really struggled to be where you are today. So coming from a family which was not that financially comfortable, you still made it to a great American university. And since then, you have just kept working to reach such great heights today. However, could you tell us about what the journey has been like for you personally? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've, I've always been very fortunate to come from a very loving background. I think my parents have supported me with all my endeavors unconditionally and not all the devils have been the smartest or wisest of them all. I will take complete ownership of that. Um, growing up, I spent majority of my childhood in uh, Mumbai and uh, Pune, after which I spent a lot of time in Calcutta and then back in Bombay. My mom is from Lucknow, my dad is from South India. So um, I got to travel quite a bit uh, between all those areas. And growing up, I never really prioritized academics or any form of professional success. I was just mainly into my sports and kind of really just winging it. Um, I would say, but once I came to my 11th standard, well, the second time I did 11th standard, the first time I failed, I had to do that all over again. Uh, that's when I kind of realized that, hey, you know, I, I really want to travel a little bit more outside India, I've kind of completed whatever India has to offer. And I kind of want to move abroad and um, study and kind of make a career overseas. But obviously, for majority of us who grow in the Indian middle class, that's not always a very viable option or a very convenient option. Studying abroad is extremely expensive. And my parents supported me 
completely making that decision. But at the end of the day, um, I had to take some risks. I worked two, three jobs all throughout my college and I was able to pay for college myself. Um, and at the end of it, I was able to land a job that I love doing what I love. And I was able to meet the girl of my dreams. But in doing so, I had to completely change my mindset from what I had when I was doing like my ICSE and A-levels and things like that. I really had to completely understand what motivated me, what used to trigger me, what kind of demotivated me and kind of working through a lot of that. And I feel over the past 10 years, that has paid me dividends. Starting out, I would say the lowest point I've ever been in my life was exactly 10 years ago when I was 19 years old. Um, but I'm very fortunate to kind of see how things have turned around within those 10 years. Amazing. I love how you were able to pursue what you love, which is engineering, right? Yep. I love your entire journey, you know, how you mentioned about coming from a family and how they supported you with whatever you wanted to do, even though you weren't that academically inclined. However, I just have one question. How did you take up engineering if you weren't that academically inclined? I mean, over here, we have that misconception that only toppers are engineers, you know. Is that true? Um, I would say it's true to a certain degree. And I think this is kind of where stereotypes come into play. Um, yeah extremely candid the reason I wanted to do engineering was because my cousin my older cousin he did engineering okay everyone from childhood just always told me like beta to engineer banega like you engineering (laughs) and even all throughout school everyone always said yeah like once you study mechanical engineering like you're set in life so I I never even was aware that I had other options. I just totally was like, yeah, I'm going to do engineering. And I think I've seen for a lot of people where that has failed. I think a lot of people's families have pushed them in directions that haven't worked out for them just because of the kind of stigma that, oh, you know, me, a science, technology, engineering, or math Mm -hmm. uh, study is relevant. For me, I lucked out that I actually ended up enjoying engineering and I liked doing that. And even though my academics weren't at par with it, I was kind of able to get my pick myself up and kind of turn my academics around. I don't think my parents would have mind if one day I said, hey, you know, I want to go ahead and become an artist, even though I don't have a single creative bone in my body. Yeah. Um, but it is funny you mentioned that because when I failed the 11th grade, I was getting seven physics and 11 in chemistry out of a 80 mark paper in <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> but i love how you know you have let all of that be in the past and really worked towards your goals and dreams to again as i mentioned be where you are and reach such great successes so how do you feel has your journey molded and transformed you into the person that you are today I think facing failure was definitely a wake-up call I needed. When in 2008, my family moved from Bombay to Calcutta. And when we moved, it was a new city, new friends. You know, I was at a very impressionable age. I never really took academics or anything like that very seriously. And so, obviously, my academics were greatly impacted. And that's when... I failed for the first time. I think that was my first true failure I ever uh, really tasted and had to face the consequences for. 
and my parents never babied me about it like they were extremely supportive but at the end of the day it was very understood that hey you know these were the consequences for your actions and you're going to face them right we'll face them together but you're not going to get a get out of jail free card and that's kind of when i saw a lot of my peer group kind of getting ahead of me you know and that kind of stings a little bit i'm genuinely happy for them but i could also be where they are they all these fancy colleges they're applying for all these study abroad programs modern united nations and i'm over here trying to figure out like which school is going to be admit me after i fail yeah. right and so that completely changed my mindset where i decided hey you know i'm 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 going to turn things around i faced another setback around the same time was when i had multiple sports injuries specifically in my shoulder and it kind of became very clear that you know i'm not going to make a career out of sports um yeah. i'm not as gifted as my mother or as talented as my dad on the hockey field or on the basketball court like representing nationals like i represented a state but i kind of began to understand that yeah that's my peak right okay. and so i think i diverted all of that passion and obsession that i had with succeeding then into my academics and i think that's really what began to change because then at that point i was just so obsessed and so dogged that i wanted to succeed that i channeled everything through that and then in 2010 2011 when i graduated from high school i completed my 12th standard and i got into a lot of great colleges in singapore and in north america but i didn't have the financial assistance i needed to apply for those i was hoping to get scholarships but i wasn't able to get them at the time and that was kind of the second failure i faced where i began to realize okay my first failure i faced because of my own actions my second failure i faced due to consequences or influences that are out of my control right but i didn't let that beat me down i think that just motivated me to push even further because then at that point i made up my mind okay you know what these are the things i can control these are the things i can't the things that i can control i'm definitely going to get better at them right the things i can't control i'm going to adapt to them so if north america is not working out or singapore is not working out i'm going to go ahead and learn german maybe i can do that at the same time my parents were very clear that hey you know while you're doing this while you're taking a second year off you're the intense and the indian entrance exam so aiwe iit all of those so In the mornings I go for German. In the afternoons and evenings I travel to the other end of Bombay and do all my IIT coaching classes. And then in the nights I would sit down and work on all my college applications. It was literally that mind frame of no days off. Wow. It I did it didn't phase me. It didn't bother me because at that time I was just so dogged that hey, I have to make up for lost time. Right. And this is just truly what I want to achieve. Like I want to. I'm on the right path. It's what I want to do, and furthermore, I just want to do it on my own. Absolutely, I love how you so beautifully categorized failures in life. Like there are few things which you can control, there are few things which you cannot control, and everybody does go through such a phase. But how, at such a young age, you were able to understand that you know what, this is something that is out of my control, and there's no sense or there's no reason why I'll just get bogged down with it or get stressed because of it. 
and really blame it on my family and you know you took that as an opportunity to really study and you took a gap here as you mentioned and you studied for all your entrance exams i i love that i love that i feel it's so important to understand that there are a few things which will be beyond your control but you have to be okay with it and you have to look for solutions instead of just blaming it on others and finding it as an excuse yeah i i really do believe that being adaptable kind of plays into how you handle emotions right we right. maybe react to something we can't control whether we're angry whether we're sad whether we're upset whether we're happy that's just our reaction we can't control that the yeah. only thing in control is that response to it right mm-hmm. and i i was able to learn that at a very young age which kind of helped me out yeah beautiful beautiful uh, according to our conversation that we had previously what i understood is that mental grit is so diverse and it has so many different annotations that you can't really define it in one sentence so what does mental grit mean to you so to me i i love that question because i feel grit is a quality of people within people that is so underrated uh very recently um i managed to read an article where multiple researchers sat down and analyzed successful people and across all definitions and across all lifestyles and careers and professions so right from school teachers athletes military personnel um your mothers fathers everything like that and they determined that the most common defining underlying factor between all successful people is grit wow me i personally feel grit is when you just don't give up you know when to take a break you know when to slow things down but you know when not to give up and i feel in a lot of our goals our ambitions and life itself people always say it's a marathon you know it's not a sprint i don't necessarily agree with that i think it's a mixture of the two it's yeah definitely it's a long run you need to kind of look at the bigger picture but there are phases where you really need to kind of put your foot on the floor like fell to the metal and kind of really go through everything so grit is knowing yourself and knowing what it is that you want to accomplish and knowing when to push further and really test your limits and when to take a back seat reflect gather yourself and then try at it again right at no point going at it 100% is ever going to help you out absolutely not but at the same time kind of taking your own pace that's necessarily not going to work out either so grit is being able to know okay when is the time that i really need to go all in and when is the time when i need to really slow things down and for the longest time throughout my entire college career i worked three different jobs to pay my bills i was a part of three different scholarships to pay my tuition fees i started out with a $6000 scholarship in my first semester by the time i graduated i was with a scholarship of close to $12000 per semester so when you compare that to $40000 in academic fees it was very easy for me to be able to pay that off myself i was able to take a student loan with the help of my dad and i paid that off within 2 to 3 years of getting my first job upon graduation and during that entire time there's just always so much going on that i really did began to live this lifestyle where i was no days off and a part of that i've seen that's very toxic where you don't take any days off and you completely burn out and get overwhelmed and and in today's generation you know a lot of us were more receptive to our mental health and i think that really 
I wouldn't say it causes depression and anxiety in people, but it definitely does create episodes where you do go through phases where you are depressed or you're feeling overly anxious. Absolutely. So over time, I've begun to realize how I equate my mantra of no days off. When I take a break, when it is valuable to that thing. So for example, I take my health and fitness extremely seriously. That doesn't mean I go to the gym every single day, but I do address my health and fitness every single day. I'll go to the gym five days a week, one day maybe take it easy, go for a walk, and then one day I'll just do active stretching and things like that. So I'm still allowing my body to recover, but I'm still addressing and taking time out for it every single day of the week. I do that with every part of my life, right? Even when it comes to maintaining my relationships with my friends and family, that's a very big component of my life. Now, obviously, it's difficult to do that every single day, right? I can't be on the phone talking to them every single day. But I make sure every day I'm doing something or the other for each of those relationships, whether it's just catching up on WhatsApp messages, whether it's just sending a funny meme that you found on Instagram to a close friend of yours, or scheduling time on a weekend to do a big Zoom call, right? So to me, that's what grit is. Grit is kind of prioritizing what is it that's extremely important to you and then making those very conscientious decisions that that is exactly what I'm going to achieve. And a lot of people, a lot of times people believe in manifestation, which I don't disbelieve, I don't believe, but I do feel when you're that obsessed and dogged about something that you will make conscious and unconscious decisions that will lead to that outcome. I don't think the universe is conspiring for you or against you, but I feel that you make decisions that alter your immediate universe around you, whether those are your relationships, whether those are the tasks at hand, or those are even your interests, right? It kind of, all the permutations and combinations that go into those decisions kind of lead you down that path that you're so obsessed with. Right, beautiful. And I love how you mentioned about really listing down what your priorities are and making time for it, even though, you know, everybody today is so busy running after things that don't really matter. And then they lose track of their priorities until it's too late when they realize that. And I, I love how you mentioned about just sending a meme to a friend, you know, it's just making making your priorities right. It's just setting all of them right and making time for what is important so you don't regret it later. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. Absolutely. So how important do you think is building grit and why? So I definitely think it's extremely important just because, let's be very frank, no one in the world is going to understand you as well as you understand you. And that is in every aspect of your life. Unless you have true self-awareness, it's very difficult to be happy. And you're only going to be able to achieve grit and kind of display those qualities and actually keep pushing forward when you know what truly makes you happy. There's no reason of doing things that don't make you happy. That, that's very futile. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of resources. And it's a waste of time, right? So being self-aware really allows you to understand, okay, you know, what motivates me? What are my priorities? And what do I want to achieve, right? So... I'll share on myself. For me, my biggest thing was I want to be completely financially independent by the time that I was 20. 
whether that's paying my own bills, paying for college, traveling back and forth, whatever that is, I want to be completely financially independent. Then later on, my goal became, hey, you know, by the age of 25, I want to be able to take my family on vacations. Like to me, that was a goal. My, my goal wasn't to go to MBA school or anything that. I just wanted to be able to take care of my family. I wanted to be at a position in my life financially where I can completely take care of my family. Not that they need it, but I can do it, right? I don't have to think twice. I, the biggest flex I always tell people is if you can retire your parents. Right. And that is something I absolutely wanted to do by the time I was 25 to 30 years old. So every decision I made subsequently from that, I kind of channeled towards that. That's where that self-awareness came. And I was able to prioritize, hey, what really matters to me, what doesn't, right? Yeah. Some people like to race fast cars. That's a priority and that's the lifestyle they live. They have garages, they work on cars. And I completely respect them for that. My priorities were a little different. I wanted a job that I loved. I wanted to be with a woman that I loved. And I wanted our families to be taken care of. So first of all, being able to prioritize those goals and ambitions is that first step. After that, you make those conscientious steps of, okay, you know, how am I going to achieve those? What are the short-term goals, intermediate goals, and the long-term goals, right? And from there, you create tasks on how to achieve it, a kind of step-by-step what, what comes next. Right. Then grit plays in to keep you disciplined to stay on that. Let's be very frank. Not all of us are motivated 100% of the time. I lose my motivation extremely easily. But when motivation kind of fades out and fizzles out, it's your discipline that kind of keeps you on track. And that's really what plays into that grit, that I'm so obsessed with this, I'm so dogged with it, no matter what happens, you know, I'm going to contribute time, effort, and energy into this. Right. Love that. I love me mentioned how building grit makes you more self-aware of what you want yourself. And often it's just us running behind things that are just meaningless and trivial, you know, at the end of the day. It's like the family tells you, you need to do a job, you need to do this, but often you fail to realize that that's not what gives you happiness. It's not something that you want. It's what people around you want. And by building grit, it just makes you more aware of what you want in life. And as you mentioned, channelizing all your energies towards that goal to achieve it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that kind of peer pressure, right? Whether it comes from your family, whether it comes from your friends, it's always there. We are surrounded by it, right? Absolutely. At the end of the day, you need to understand I'm, I'm not here to live for others, right? I'm here to live for myself. So as long as my lifestyle is not negatively impacting other people, like by physically endangering them or creating a very unjust living condition for them, I'm okay pursuing the dreams that truly make me happy. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So uh, what is one thing that someone can do every single day to be mentally strong and to remain peaceful and calm in life? I definitely feel spending time with yourself. Wow. Really get to know yourself. Because so 10 years ago when I was 19, right? I was by far the darkest moment I've ever had in my life for my mental health, my physical health, everything. At that point, I had lost another year academically after my 12th standard. And I felt I put in so much of time, dedication into achieving something and it didn't work out. I was extremely demotivated. All my friends 
uh, were already two years into college, right? They've already now at this point thinking of where they're going to apply for jobs, where they're going to get consultancy firms, grad school. And I was like, I can't even figure out if I'm going to get into college. Right. Get making those big decisions, right? At the time, my first girlfriend and I just broke up. That was the first time I ever loved someone. And I actually experienced a full-fledged heartbreak, right? And I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of time just brooding. Right. I would just sit listening to music. This is definitely the most teen angst thing I've ever said. And just reflecting on how it made me feel and what was I going to do to get out of it. And I think once I allowed myself enough time to really not heal from it, but just process those emotions, I came out of the other side with a very clear vision of what I wanted. It didn't have to be a complete 4K high definition image of the future, but I knew what I wanted. Right. I would have a very nice car. I love cars. Since I was a kid, that's always been a thing of mine. And I, I, when I was in the second grade, my friend and I used to play Need for Speed, and we never knew how much cars cost at that time, but we always said, first cars are going to be from Need for Speed. Like, when I can buy a car, I'm buying a car from Need for Speed. My first car, that's exactly what I did. When I, when I graduated college, when I got a job, I bought myself the most impractical sports car on the face of the earth. Wow. Something that I just wanted to do. So, at that point, right, once I processed all those emotions, that demotivation completely flipped into just this sheer obsession on what I want to achieve. And then at that point, I wasn't going into exams or into assignments to pass. I wasn't going in there to get an A. At that point, I was going to get 100%. I used to be so thoroughly prepared for every college assignment and for every college exam that from getting sixes and sevens in my 11 and 12, I would come out with a 95 or 100. Wow. Because leaving any room for error. When I would study for my assignments or when I would study for an exam, I kid you not, the days building up to that exam, I would complete every homework assignment again and I would do every single midterm or unit test or whatever we had again. And then I would do past papers. So I wasn't just studying. I was preparing. I was training. Right. A lot of times there's a very big difference between working out and training. Working out, you're going through the motions, right? When you're training, there is a goal in front of you and you are just working day in and day out to hit that goal. There's a difference between working a job and doing a career, right? Going through the motions. I don't want to say you're doing the bare minimum, but you're kind of just going with the flow. When you're doing a career, it's a very targeted task that you're working on, okay. right? know what the outcomes are and you know what the next steps are. You're building something. So I developed that mindset when I was in college. No longer was I studying to pass. No longer was I studying just to get a good GPA and land a job. No, I was studying for a complete 100% every single time. And that's where that mindset of mine changed. And I feel that would have not changed if I didn't really reflect on how I felt before. Absolutely. 
Unless I tasted that failure, I absolutely just felt the lowest of low. I don't think I would have had it in me to really push that next step. Okay. So I feel spend time with yourself every single day, whether you're driving in silence, whether you're sitting and playing with your dog, really think about what were the successes, what were the failures, how did they make you feel? What can you control and what can you adapt to? And then move forward from there. I love how you put it so simply like it's just so important to take our time for yourself because as I mentioned we're all just so busy chasing things which don't really matter that we often fail to take our time for ourselves which is most important as you mentioned because of how you reflected on yourself and your failures you knew that you couldn't let failures happen to you again you know like you just absolutely Right. You were like, I I can never feel what I felt. So that's why you just pushed through and you just did your best. Right. I love that. And also uh, from our conversation, you had mentioned uh, how you, uh, you know, how you sort of see your progress by categorizing them in four different ways, like your mental health, physical health, physical health and your spiritual health. Could you tell us a little bit more on that? I love that concept. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was really young, right, I was always very response. Right. And obviously growing up in an all boys school, everything is about strength, right? Who can you beat at arm wrestling? Who can carry the heaviest thing? So I always prioritized my physical health. That was always something that I took great pride in, right? I like working out, I like, I like playing. Once I was in the 11th and 12th standard, and I was like, okay, you know, I need to start applying for colleges. That's when I started taking more interest in my academic or what I would call my mental health, right? Solely academic based, you know, I want to start reading more. I need to expose myself to better media. I just want to be well-read. I want to be learning, right? So a lot of the time through college, I prioritize on those two, my physical health, my mental health, right? And later on, after having multiple loss in my life, I had a friend of mine that passed away in a very tragic uh, plane crash. I had friends of mine that unfortunately committed suicide. I had friends of mine that struggled with drug addiction. I began to realize that, hey, you know, emotional or spiritual health is also really important, right? What exactly is going on in one's mind, apart from the academic side of your mental health, that's something we need to address as well. And I myself faced loss in my family that I was not able to grieve really well. So I needed to see a therapist to really understand what the grieving process is to allow myself to move forward. So at that point, I was like, okay, you know, every single day I need to take care of my physical health, I need to take care of my mental health, I need to take care of my emotional health or my spiritual health, whatever that might be. That could be journaling for some people, that could be praying for some people, meditating, whatever that might be. Now that I've gotten older, you know, my wife and I, we live together, we bought a house together. So now a bigger part of our, our lifestyle is also finances, right? We've got to make very sound fiscal financial decisions. So now I feel my life is broken up into four categories where financial or fiscal health is also added to it. So make sure, like I said, no days off. Every single day I do something to address one thing in each of these, right? That could look like, hey, you know, I'm going to go work out for my physical health at some point. For my mental health, I'm going to read something new. I'm going to work on a fun project. I'm going to analyze some very nerdy engineering data. 
for my spiritual health, I'm definitely going to, you know, take some time, meditate, journal. And then lastly, for my financial health, always reading up on like, hey, you know, what does the industry look like right now? What are new technologies looking like? Or maybe just scrolling through and looking at what my stock option investments look like, right? But at this point, I'm very clear that these are the four main facets of my life, right? If one of these are not healthy or if I'm unsatisfied in one of these, no other part of my life is really going to be striving at a 100%. Wow. I love that. I love how you categorize it in these four ways. And I feel that this just makes you more aware. And again, this will help you prioritizing. So for instance, if somewhere you feel as though maybe your spiritual health isn't doing as great as it was before, then you know that this requires more time and this, you know, more effort. And that's just simply because you are giving it equal importance as all the other spheres in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I feel it allows me, and I'm going to talk like an engineer here, but it really allows me to troubleshoot what the issue is. Right. If I'm feeling unhappy, if I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling upset about something, I'm very clearly able to know, okay, where's that coming from? And what can I really do to address that? But maybe I'm feeling, you know, unaccomplished or I'm feeling like, hey, you know, I need a change when it comes to the work that I do or the passions that I have, right? Okay, you know, I, I need to educate myself a little bit more. Maybe I'm not exposing myself to the right media that's going to keep me interested. So, you know, maybe it's time to move on to a new project apart from what my day-to-day nine-to-five is. Okay. Or I'm feeling lethargic. I don't feel as active as I want. Hey, you know, maybe it's time we trained for something new in the gym. You know, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, hit this rut when it came to working out and we decided to run 200 miles with 12 of our friends. And that was the kind of change we needed to kind of still keep us disciplined when it came to that aspect of our lifestyles. Right, I love that. I love that. Okay, so um, having a former Olympian as your mother and a father who is a national level basketball player, how do you feel has their upbringing impacted your perspective on the world today? My parents are two of by far the most hardworking people I know. Absolutely. And so by far the most generous. Right? My parents have never thought twice before helping someone, whoever that might be. Um, right from a very young age, right? Every year on my birthday, my parents would make a donation to a local orphanage. Wow. Irrespective of what I got as a birthday present, it would usually be new clothes because I would outgrow my clothes extremely quickly or I was just spending as a child. They always to do that. So that aspect of charity, I feel, was kind of instilled from a very young age. We've always adopted animals. Um, a parrot would fall out of a tree. My mom would land up with it in our hands. <laughs> a squirrel when we were growing up. Uh, so both just very generous, caring, and hard work. On the flip side of it, now when it came to actually working and achieving and accomplishing things, both my parents have this mantra of you don't stop. There's no backing down from it. Yeah, you take a second, you lick your wounds, rest up, but you're going to be back there tomorrow morning. And that's just how they are. That's how they're wild, especially my mom. I don't think you can be an Olympian without being hardwired in that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
when my mom was in the Olympics, she got hit in the head with a hockey stick in the back. And she was taken off, received medical attention, and the next morning she was back on the field. When I was in the fourth standard, I was playing hockey, and she was my coach. I got hit in the head with a hockey stick. I still have a little bit of a scar here. And she didn't even come with me to the school nurse. She sent me with another kid. Kid comes back with an anesthesia waiver. And she's like, no, he, he has to come back and play the second half. So I still remember sitting on the wooden chair, then stitching me up in the fourth grade, and I coming back and playing the second half. Now, don't get me wrong, I was horrible at hockey, right? I didn't even think I got the ball the entire game. But when I walked out, I felt like a badass. I felt like I walked off this action movie set where everything was exploding behind me. And that was a thrill. That was that. That's where I felt like, yeah, nothing can stop me. Like I'm stronger. And I think that's what my parents instilled for me from a very young age was you, you got to keep pushing forward every once in a while, you know, you're going to get injured mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, but you need to pick yourself up. You need to get the treatment you need and you need to move forward. Um, I still remember we were playing racquetball, my sister and my mom, and my sister had braces at the time. And now, obviously, my sister, living a much more privileged lifestyle, plays for health, fitness, fun, recreation. My mom's playing the win, right? And my sister gave my mom this lousy shot, and my mother absolutely dominated and ended up hitting my sister on the mouth. And... My sister's on the floor, she's bleeding. My dad and I rush in to pick up my sister. And my mom asked one question. Was that my point or yours? <laughs> that was just the level of sheer focus and dedication that she had for something she was passionate about. And seeing that from such a young age, that's when I began to realize, identify what I'm passionate about and then just give it that 100% laser focus all the time. And that's what I try and try best to strive for right what is that really matters to me where i want to make an impact and then just give that 100 percent all the time right i love that i love how because of the grit and the dedication that you've seen all around is why you had that throughout your life you know i mean obviously not in high school but after that where you just went like i can't fail in life you know like as you mentioned you came out of the hockey field feeling like a badass i think that's because of the spirit that she instilled in you you know like you have to just keep going whatever the circumstances may be yeah and, and that's why i feel getting a sense of Failure and getting a sense of success really allows you to completely understand how contrasting those emotions are, right? From feeling as low as you can to feeling as high as you can, you begin to understand. And they go hand in hand. You can't feel one without the other, Absolutely. right? You never feel true happiness unless you felt true sadness. It's all relative, right? And I feel from a young age, you kind of always being push to kind of exceed those limits, right? Really test yourself physically and mentally. At that point, you get a sense of accomplishment. When the odds are stacked against you, you manage to come out on top. I don't want to say it's a thrill, but it's a very satisfying feeling. It is a feeling of self-worth. That's where you genuinely feel self-worth. And when you feel success, you feel the other. I mean, you feel failure, you feel the other side of it. So learning the tables in your stride really help you out. So at a young age, feeling a lot of time, feeling a lot of success through my academic, I mean, my sports, gave me that sense of self-worth. 
failing in my academics and kind of really seeing the consequences of it kind of damaged that a little bit. It humbled me, right? You're not always going to be on cloud nine. Right, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Okay, so um, Ashwin, we end every single episode with a rapid fire round. So I'm going to okay. ask four questions. And you could answer them in either one word or one phrase. You could elongate as you seem necessary. Um, okay. So are you ready to ask you the first question? I'm, I'm as ready as I will be. So if I'm unready, it's not going to change anytime soon. So let's go for it. <laughs> I love that. So if there was one thing that you could change in the world, what would it be? I would definitely say civic rights. That's something I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and I think just basic social justice when it comes to minority groups, people on the LGBTQ spectrum, um, when it comes to women's equality, I definitely feel that's one thing we really need to address. And I'm really happy to see that a lot of us are, are trending in the right direction, but I feel there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that space. And that's something I'm extremely passionate about. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, right? So if you could create one law in the world, which everybody had to follow, what would it be? Be courteous. Be courteous, yeah. Lovely, beautiful. Because I feel courtesy is the most basic culmination of respect and kindness. I'm, I'm not saying don't feel your emotions. I'm not saying don't be upset, don't be angry. But don't forget to treat someone with respect and kindness at the end of the day. Right, right. What has been your greatest lesson in the past 12 months? I would definitely say understanding on how you process your emotions. Because my wife and I, we've been married for the past two years. And we've been together for nine years, but we've just started living together. And I've begun to realize that we both process emotions extremely differently. And that manifests in us very differently. Right. Whether it could be our basic skin, you know, you break out or anything like that. That could also be our eating habits. So just learning to understand how you process your emotions and how that manifests, I think that's a very important lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. What is one advice that you would give the youth today? Um, really challenge yourself. Like do something crazy every once in a while. Like if you are intimidated by something, but you feel that's something you need to accomplish to achieve a higher goal, go for it. Don't. Don't let it demotivate it. Don't let it push you down. Because from a distance, it's going to look extremely daunting. Don't, don't get me wrong. But once you move closer, you'll be able to very clearly see very measurable and achievable steps that you can take to achieve that. Right? And I relate that back to myself because when I was in the 11th and 12th standard, right, thinking of going and studying abroad completely on myself and paying for all of that on myself looked like a very far-fetched dream. I didn't know anyone who studied I mean, who work through college and things like that. But as I got closer to it, it started to make more sense. I started to understand, oh, okay, you know, as soon as I reach the, the job fairs, I can apply, being an international student, I can work 20 hours. Things like that you piece together, you get more information along the way. So essentially, don't get intimidated. If there's something in your way, just move towards it. As you get closer, things will unravel and you'll understand it. Right. Wow. I love that. And I love how even I could relate to it because it's a, it's something which a lot, like majority of the youth go through this feeling of yeah. being intimidated by everyone around you, because at this point in life, we all feel as though everybody around us is better than us. But what we fail to see is that 
everybody has something or the other which makes them insecure or which makes them intimidated so nobody's perfect and you just have to give your best and just go for it i i couldn't agree more absolutely so is there anything ashwin which i have not asked you but you would like to share no i think we covered it i really enjoyed this conversation same here and thank you so much for being so generous with your time it was an absolute joy to have you over and i learned so much from it i'm sure all our listeners have learned how to build great how to just go for it and to definitely be as hard working as you thank you so much no thank you lovely talking to you you too Well that was all for today's episode of the Coffee with Waters podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope that you will follow and share this podcast and I look forward to you joining us for many more conversations with our warriors. Thank you so much.